Hello and welcome to the Billion Dollar Broker Podcast. My name is Ross LeCain. I'm bringing my 25 years industry experience together with leading experts around the globe to give you the insights on how to live a better life and grow a profitable mortgage broking business that you are proud of. Welcome to, to another episode of the Billion Dollar Broker Podcast. My name is Ross LeCain, but a special guest, uh, a Kiwi this time, but a Kiwi based in uh, the Gold Coast, uh, Oliver Grant. He's the director of Stones Throw Finance. It's been there five years, but you've had many experiences, Ollie. You're obviously one of AFG's top brokerages, but um, you just start by one, introducing yourself, and two, telling us a bit about your your history within finance. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I um, obviously grew up in New Zealand and um, always kind of wanted to, to leave, to be honest. Um, so yeah, I graduated uni and, and came over here. Um, I thought stockbroking was my um, passion, and I did that for a short period of time, and um, and then got yeah got into banking. Uh, so I was in banking for for nearly ten years, um, various different banks, and then um, I finished up at uh, NAB and was uh, in the in the broker side of that business. Um, yeah, I really uh, I guess some different things happened in my life. Had a young child and didn't want to travel as much, and so. Um, yeah, went out um, on my own about five years ago and um, yeah, have, have gone from, I guess, just a, a sole one-man band to a few of us now and um, yeah, really enjoying it, I guess. Beautiful. So with those years that you spent in terms of the 13 years in terms of the finance and then obviously you worked in the, the broker space um, within NAB, which you mentioned was your last role. What were some of the things that you picked up within those roles that you think you know, really helped you because obviously you've been successful because you've only been a broker for five years and you've already scaled and got quite a team behind you. What were some of the things that you picked up from those days that you think has helped you in your broker business? Yeah, especially um, for my NAB role, I held, uh, looked after a, a large volume of business. So I was used to having, uh, you know, 100, 200 deals on the kind of go at the, at the same time. I mean, obviously I had bankers helping me, but I think that really has helped me um, take that into broking and, and have, you know, lots and lots of different uh, deals at the same time to ensure that, you know, we've always got business and we've always kind of working on enough volume to keep everyone um, busy. And, and in terms, um, hand in hand with that, I guess, is just that I saw so many different scenarios. So, you know, that's really helped me in the broking space where I can go, oh, yeah, I, I saw this something similar to this five years ago, 10 years ago, we did this or we did that. And, um, just different structures and different um, yeah, ways to, I guess, help, especially small business. I've, I've worked in small business for a long time. So I feel that that um, part of the market is, isn't as well looked after maybe directly by banks. And so brokers really need to step up and, and kind of run with that. And we are small business, so we should understand it. Um, and so really yeah, be a kind of a support person and even sometimes just be a, a listening board for that small business owner. Um, sometimes it's kind of quite lonely as a small business owner. You don't really have, you know, many people. You can't talk to your staff about certain challenges. And so, yeah, I guess that's something that I really took from my, again, my NAB days and, and small business to broking is to just actually, yeah, be that, be that sounding board, be that advice piece or that listening uh, for a, for different small business owners. So yeah, I love that. I think there's a there's a bit in there that we can sort of unpack in terms of the one, the opportunity for brokers in terms of if you look at that SME um, business type, it's you know the same 
size as the resi market, right? But the banks are still dominating the volume um, percentage that's been done, right? Where the broker share in the resi markets, you know, getting up there close to, you know, 50% or whatever it is at the moment, but we're nowhere near that space in small business. Mm-hmm. Banks are still dominating that. But as you say, they're not doing as good a job as what they can be done. So there's a ma- massive opportunity for brokers within that small business space, isn't there? Oh, definitely. I feel like, um, and banks have, you know, try and improve it, but I feel like that uh, internally in banks, small business is seen as a stepping stone. So you often get your either new bankers or, or residential bankers that let's have a, um, you know, dip, dip our toe in the commercial markets that become a small business banker. And as soon as they kind of start actually getting to a point where they can truly help small businesses in terms of their knowledge and um, ability, then they get moved on to maybe um, you know, larger business transactions. And so it's a bit of a, you know, kind of revolving door um, in terms of internally in the bank. So that's really where I see so many small businesses just come unstuck in terms of got, they go to their local branch or they go to their local bank and the person they're speaking to maybe hasn't had the experience in terms of their financials or structures or cash flows or whatever. And so they don't really get that um, service. They're not seen as an important enough customer maybe to be dealt with a more experienced person in the bank. And um, so, yeah, there's definitely that that quite large hole where we need to fill. We should understand, like I said before, we should understand small business better than most. We are a small business. We should understand cash flow. We have cash flow challenges like any other small business. So um, we should be able to resonate with them and, and just help them on that journey and be that, you know, um, obviously conduit between the small business owner and the, and the bank that's going to talk in their bank spiel and ask for, you know, quite often um, things that can't be produced. I, you know, I want this and that. And I want two years of perfect history and, and you know, mould um, what the bank needs and what the customer can provide and be that middle person there. Love it. I love it. And I think that's, you know, we were talking earlier and I asked you where the name Stone Throw um, business, uh, Finance came from. And, you know, do you want to, you gave me the explanation, but um, tell the listeners in terms of, you know, how you came up with that name because I think that's fitting at this point in terms of what you're saying about understanding the self-employed customer and all their needs that they've got yeah also I guess stone throw in its core is is literally that throwing stone in a in a lake or in the water where the stone is the is the product is the home loan is the business loan is the equipment finance which is important of course um it causes the ripple effect but it's it's understanding that ripple effect so it's We'll, we'll give you the product to allow you to buy a business, to grow your business, to buy a house, to expand your family. Um, and it's those, that journey. Um, and I guess understanding that journey and mapping, helping that customer map out that journey, that's really uh, important for me. I don't want a customer for a week. I want one, want one for their life, you know? So I want to be able to help them on that journey and, and kind of plan um, for different things. And so, yeah, that's, that's where the name, I guess, came from. Yeah, beautiful. And I love that in terms of the other thing that I wanted to pick up in terms of what you said before is being that sounding board, being that person that can really understand everything that they're going through, uh, because it is lonely as a, a small business person. And obviously, you know, the challenges of getting finance. I mean, you know, we look at the challenges of a, you know, a self-employed person getting finance so one it's around you know actually getting them to the point where they're finance ready right where they've actually got the right information so they can apply for a loan in terms of the financials and um, everything that they need 
to be in order. And obviously, even the way that they run their accounts, right? In terms of, you know, I used to say when I focused on property investment that you can't run a wealth creation and a tax minimization um, strategy at the same time, right? And it's sort of getting their heads around, okay, well, if I do it uh, and present my accounts in a way which is going to maximize the wealth that I can create, it's a lot more than the tax that I can save, right? So that's just one example. So, you know, about being finance ready, but as you mentioned, then understanding all of those ripples that come from that around, you know, cash flow around, you know, so the difference whether they finance something or whether they pay cash for it, right? And being understand what that means and being able to, to sort of speak in their language. What do you think some of the other skills that to really service this market you know, has set you apart. Obviously, you, you know, you've grown. And as you mentioned, it was a lot of word of mouth. So what do you think some of those key skills that you need to, to be good in this space? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, generally speaking, to be good as a, a broker or a, a business person, you need to be confident. So you need to be able to go into a situation and, and understand what you're good at and, and be able to, you know, pass on that knowledge. But at the same time, I think it's really important in, in the small business space, especially to not... Uh, make emotional decisions or or immediate decisions so look at the long you know the long goal the, the amount of um, I guess free advice that I give knowing that it's going to come back in, in years to come so a perfect example you know last year March April last year my phone rang hot with customers small business customers you know freaking out about COVID what do I do what do I do with my staff what do, and of course I'm not a HR expert I'm not a but I'm a um, you know, helping them through that journey. Of course, there's not, they're not have bought a property, Ollie, I need a loan right now, but it's giving that advice and being that. So as soon as they think, okay, I need money or I need to discuss money or I need to discuss my business, I call Ollie. And that's, and then, you know, those conversations and those relationships and that long-term thinking, okay, let's do the right thing for the customer and for my business uh, for long-term instead of, you know, let's just try and get everything that's on the table now, looking through their financials. Hey, how do you finance your uh, well, sorry, how do you pay for your insurance? Oh, I just had this massive bill once here and I pay it. Hey, have you thought about insurance premium funding? How do you, hey, you've got some some assets on here that are getting old. What do you do with them? Oh, yeah, well, my accountant tells me to go buy something. So I rush down to the yard and I get the finance at the yard. All those things, that that long goal to, to you know, work hand in hand with them to make sure that, um, yeah, of course, you can't foresee everything, but just to, to make that journey a bit more seamless than being so reactive, which it would be, and say the direct bank situation where, uh, yeah, where you know they're going to rush down there when they've got an issue and they need money now or they need a temporary overdraft, trying to yeah, trying to help them um, work towards that together. Yeah, beautiful. And um, you know, one of the reasons that I loved um, you know the property investment space, and that was my niche when I when I finished up because these guys would have multiple transactions, right? Rather than your, your first home buyer or you, you just standard owner-occupied buyer that may transact once every, you know, um, four or five years. Whereas your, you know, small to medium enterprise, they have so many other different needs, right? So in terms of name, some of the areas that you're able to help um, these guys, right? So they might come to you for a home loan first, then what else can you help them with? Yeah, that, and that's, I guess, our niche is we do everything. It's, it's, yeah, equipment finance, it's insurance premium funding. It's, hey, have you thought about buying commercial property? Oh, I don't think it's possible. Well, let's see if it is. 
um, oh, I need a huge deposit. Well, no, you don't. Banks have changed or, um, yeah, it's, I guess it's, yeah, invoice financing, it's, it's everything to, to, and it's not to say that they don't have those products already. And some people go think that they don't actually have the product in terms that they, they do. It's just being done, I guess, at a reactive level. So they're, they're paying accordingly. Mm. Uh, so yeah, coming to us, I guess, just you know, wraps that up and um, has that one-stop kind of shop. Um, well, I need money or how do I run my business more effectively in terms of financing and that, and that comes well. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. And that's the thing for, for brokers. It means you, you can have a smaller base of clients, but people that know you, like you and trust you. And it means that you'll do more transactions with a, with a smaller group of clients, which is obviously you know, easier to manage um, and, you know, and quite fruitful. So in terms of, um, you know, we've spoken about, you know, the, the benefits and working with these um, SMEs. Um, in terms of, you know, you mentioned to me, so you don't, you haven't had a website um, or, um, and a lot of your You're business. Very limited, just, yeah. Yeah. A lot of your business just came from word of mouth referrals. So, you know, what, what, has been the reason around that so why do you think you get so so much business through referral one i mean it sounds obviously very simple but we ask for it um and secondly you know if you ask for business be appreciative and be um jump on it if you do get it so you know can help out your friends and family when they obviously contact you be excited be thankful um and secondly i guess back to what we've been already speaking about is that um we go, I'm not a, uh, I, you know, we don't, we're not a product comparer. There's, you know, we're not going to be, well, hopefully, you know, technology is not going to negatively affect us as much. So we don't just compare, hey, here's three different loans where, hey, uh, people ring us up and say, hey, I need, need to do this or what do I do here? Um, yeah, so I think that those, those couple of points um, have really helped us. Beautiful, beautiful. In terms of asking for referrals, so you said that you do that. So um, at what points within the process would you ask for a referral? Is, there, is it in your process that you ask at this stage or is it just, you know, um, you, you pick your moments? Yeah, I think at my, my whole approach is quite relaxed and we just constantly ask. I mean, <clears throat> whether it's the first meeting, um, because again, we... Yeah, I don't want to, uh, and back to the stone throw thing, as we spend the majority of the time talking about, you know, what's your goals, what's your objectives, what are you doing? And so, you know, you'll see that that light bulb moment go, ah, oh, and you go, yeah, so if there's, you know, if there's someone else that could help us, oh, yeah, I've got this thing. And, and so often someone will have a, a first appointment or a first phone call, and then you'll get a referral before that first customer's even sent you the information. Just because um, spend the, I spend the time and I get the passion and enjoyment from talking about, the property or the or the other parts aside from just the core this is your finance product and this is the rate and fees um that we get a lot of yeah like i said we get a lot of referrals before the customer one has sent us any information um because they've had that you know that sit down and like you know a lot of um people that haven't used a broker before or haven't gone to a bank in a while they you know they come in nervous they're like oh i'm coming in to see this guy in a suit and i'm worried about what he's going to say and and hopefully, you know, they leave here relaxed, excited. Oh, that was refreshing. And, and yeah, then that's, that's 
to be honest, probably when we get most of our referrals is that um, once those walls are kind of been broken down and that stigma of, um, of that they can openly talk to us about anything, um, that's when we get a lot of, yeah, we get the second and the third and the fourth kind of person. Beautiful. I love that. And um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a lesson around focusing on the relationship ahead of the transaction, right? In terms of, and I say it over and over again, and you know, the, the guests that I have on this podcast are the elite of the industry and you know, 99% of them focus on the relationship. Your average broker that I see, it says, all right, focus on, give me what I need to complete the transaction, right? And they're, they're sort of focused the wrong way. It's, they become very transactional in their mindset and it affects their business and affects their business growth and, and the referrals that they get. So I love that. And, um, you know, I can see exactly why, you know, you've, you've been able to grow and scale your business so quickly through word of mouth referrals is because, again, it's about focusing on the relationship, right? Focusing on the relationship. And in terms of, um, you know, focusing on the relationship, you know, one of the other things is about, well, you know, who else does that client need to have the best, you know, chance of achieving their bigger picture, right? Because you're focused not just on the small picture, you're focused on the bigger picture. Um, and so in terms of who else do you sort of surround yourself in your network? Yeah, so, um, you know, I've got um, some really good um, solicitor firm, legal firms that I use. So obviously we, we, we send them transactions in terms of conveyancing, but they're also that sounding board for me. Hey, we get, you know, we get some quite uh, more complex, I guess, situations. And so I can ring them up and get their, uh, you know, opinion on something. Um, of course, the customer's going to need to, you know, directly uh, speak to their own legal expert, but at least you can, you know, if I don't know, I'll go and find out. That's and that's one of my things. Like, I, um, so I've got the we've got the lawyer, we've got the accountant. Again, with accounting, um, with, with I, yeah, I've got an accounting background, but you know, there's uh, there's a lot of things that um, I don't know are structures. And so it's again, I always you know, there's always that um, clause in there. Hey, go and seek your own independent advice. But it is this is our my thoughts on this, and this is my opinion. And that's where I think. Uh, people want you know they want to be able to they don't want to come leave the situation or leave the discussion with me with more questions than they came with you know oh okay he's only spoke about this and that and who do i go see for that or what do i do about that or i've got no idea and, and freak out and it all comes too hard so yeah i think surrounding ourselves and 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 that's where i can create value to my network as well as i can be the finance expert so you know we don't exchange any fees or any any financial thing but we exchange knowledge uh, we exchange we have uh, mutual uh, beliefs with customer experience we have mutual beliefs with um, communication and getting back to people quickly so we make sure that if i send them a customer i know that my customer is going to be treated you know same as i would treat them and vice versa um, and that that network definitely wasn't something that i i uh, took lightly or it, or it grew exceptionally fast when i first started because i wasn't going to refer a customer to someone that i didn't know so it has taken you know years and, and multiple transactions with those various people but I think it is, um, yeah, I've got some good commercial uh, real estate agents as well that I, I discuss um, properties with um, because we do a fair bit in that um, small commercial space as well. So just keeping my finger on the pulse in terms of square meterage rates or rental yields or 
zoning issues of town planners. Um, and again, I don't claim or want to be the absolute expert at everything, but I want to know enough that I can point someone in the right direction with some kind of authority and thought um, to get them, again, for them to have the best experience. I don't want them walking into somewhere completely uneducated or scared, um, yeah. scared to talk to a lawyer or scared to talk to their accountant. Yeah, and I think this comes down to the part, and, and quite often I talk about, you know, brokers focusing on a niche, and you're obviously focused on that small to medium enterprise that aren't serviced particularly well with the, the bank. So do you break it down to a turnover that you focus on? Not really, and, and we don't um, discriminate. So there's not customers that I'll turn away because they don't fit, fit my niche, but it's, we've got everyone from sole traders, one man bands up to, I've got a customer that has nearly a thousand staff. So, um, but it's all that same, that same uh, reason that they deal with us. We understand their financials. We understand the challenges as a business. We talk to them like a human. Um, we, we discuss everything, not just what's your income? What have you got? What deposit have you got? Okay. You can get 2%. It's, have you thought about doing it this way or that way? Um, and yeah, often my customers um, will ring me for nothing else than just to, to get something off their chest because they can't speak to their own staff about it. And I think like we've spoken about, you know, earlier on is that relationship base. Um, so I guess back to your question is in terms of what we, yeah, I don't particularly do a lot of first home buyers or I don't particularly do a lot of that high end corporate or high end, um, property development, multi-story things. It is probably in that uh, trading businesses, uh, you know, I guess from any size, really to any size, but that's where we, yeah, we specialize as, I guess, trading businesses, really. Yeah, so I love it. And in terms of, you know, going back to the network and, you know, the reason, you know, once you've understand that, okay, that's my niche, I understand who I need in my network to be able to best service these. And I need to, obviously educate myself enough so I understand commercial real estate I understand obviously cash flows I understand financials I understand the complex structures that clients can have whether that be you know a family trust whether that be um, a self-managed super fund whether that be a unit trust or you know all the different structures that they can own property in so you need to understand those things and then you said from the legal side of things um, to be able to then build the relationships um, to refer out. So how did you, you know, go about finding the right people? Because, you know, I speak to brokers and I was even speaking to a broker today, even though he's been in the, the industry for a while, he didn't have any referral partners. He didn't have any um, people in his network. So how did you go about building these relationships with these, um, you know, other professionals in your network? Oh, it's all back to, you know, you don't want to force something. I personally don't believe in, okay, I've started a business today, let's go door knock or let's let a box drop. So if, I, if I'm speaking to a customer's accountant and we have, you know, we, we get on or we, um, and it, it, on the accounting side, most of the time we speak to accounts and they go, hey, you actually understand this. Um, and so, you know, you, you build on that. And the same with the legal side and the property side, it's, it's through existing transactions um and like, like we spoke about earlier on um about situations or hey i want to buy this property and so yes i might have to pay some more tax this year or i might have to 
you know, um, do something different next year to, to get it. But talk to your accountant about that. There, you know, potentially there's an option here. Discuss that with them. And, and again, they, um, those, so yeah, I guess the, the short answer is I've got those referral partners from my customers. So I get on with my customers and I track to certain customers and they, because of all of our, all our customers are word of mouth, they're not all the same by any means, but they all have some kind of core beliefs or core, um, you know, uh, ethics, I guess. Um, and so, you know, people deal with like-minded people. So if I've got some great customers and they believe they have a great accountant, I'll probably get on really well with that accountant. Likewise with the lawyer, likewise with the um, property guy. So that's how I've got the, the relationships and it has been a slow burn. It, it wasn't a, you know, I didn't start and I had, you know, three or four or five in the first six months, 12 months. It's, it's been built over time. And like, you know, the, the, the guy I do most of my legal stuff with, it's only been probably in the last year. So what did I do for the first four? I didn't have a, a strong relationship. So, you know, I, I found one. Um, yeah. And yeah. I can say the same in mine, right? And I think there's two ways and I, I teach it to my guys in my program when I'm talk, talking about referrals. There's two ways that you can, um, you know, get warm introductions. One, it's through, you know, the transaction, as you mentioned, there's lots of people that we just naturally come across through the transaction, whether they be their account, their real estate agent, their conveyancer, their, their solicitor, so forth. Um, or two, it's um, a warm introduction from like-minded people, right? In terms of in the same way that you said you asked for referrals, hey, um, yeah, I love your account. I love the work you did. He obviously is good at what he does because I can see the way he presents his account. Oh yeah, he's great. Right, would you mind introducing me? Um, and that's a way that obviously, you know, you can, you, you know, yourself and other brokers can, can get um, good people within your network is through, uh, and as you said, um, like attracts like, right? It's um, like attracts like and a great way to go and, and sort of build your network. So this has allowed you to obviously to, to scale your team and to grow pretty quickly. So um, how important is it to you to sort of have those, those team members on board? And um, yeah, what have you done to sort of, you know, grow your team? And what are some of the challenges you've had in growing your team? Yeah, it's super important. I mean, um, I get back to, to why, you know, one of the reasons I started broking in the first place was <clears throat> I found myself at the bank. I was too far removed from the customer. Um, so, you know, you, as you scale or as you do more transactions, <clears throat> I want to make sure that I have the time to sit down with my customers, that I'm not having a, a customer appointment and I'm looking at my watch. Oh, I've got to get back to my computer because I've got a thousand emails to do or I've got finance calls due. So having staff allows me um, to have more times with my customers, to, to have those longer, true conversations. Um, so that's, you know, the reason that we've gone there. And, and to be honest, when I first started, um, I, if you'd asked me <clears throat> in the first three months, hey, Ollie, will you have any staff? I would have flatly said, no, no way. It'll be one, me and me only. Um, so why? Because I've, I've got another, well, my wife's got another business and we have staff there and, and you know, there are some challenges. Um, obviously, it's, it's very hard in the service-based business as broking is um, to, to replicate your service, to replicate yourself amongst um, many. So that's a, a challenge. Um, but in saying that, we or I hire people on personality and on work ethic. You know, I you can teach uh, anyone 
a lot of people, you know, how to do the core part of a lot of broking, but it's, do they have the right work ethic? Do they have the right personality? Are they excited to come to work? Do they want to work hard? Do they have those same, you know, key um, kind of ethics that I do um, to, to run my team? So that's, I think, uh, a key reason to why I hire staff. And at this, in that same breath, if someone comes, you know, comes into my life or whatever, that I think that person would be a great staff member, I would hire them and then figure out what they do or figure out the workload for them instead of going, okay, now I'm under the pump. I need to put a job out, add out and get a hundred people apply. Um, I think that's really important is if you come across someone and you think that person would be brilliant in my business and they're available, take them, yeah, figure out the rest later. Exactly. Um, yeah. I, I love that. So hire for attitude, train for skills and, you, know, you you run a obviously a technical back end, right? So to understand your transactions is going to be a lot, you know, more complex than your you sort of your mum and dad two pay slips type um, person. So what have you found has been important? And again, you said you know not always you get someone with the skills. So what have you found has been most important um, because you do have some complex transactions to be able to free you up. How do you sort of onboard them properly and get them sort of up to speed so they're able to handle that sort of complex stuff? Yeah, um, again, it's the attitude piece. You, you know, if, if you've got people that want to learn and want to ask why, um, yeah, like you said, we're not a cookie cutter, two paces, et cetera. It's why does it say that on the financials? Why does that do that? Why does it do this? Why, 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 why? Um, and yes, it's, it's a long, long burn. Um, for sure there's going to be a long period of time and it's I guess it takes a lot longer to get into a point where they don't have to ask me as many questions in a day but um, I feel like if you hire the right people with the right attitude and want to know why um, that's absolute key and those real technical parts I mean I personally believe that broking or a lot of business is a big big portion of it you can learn very quickly and a very small portion of it you can either take a long time to learn or never learn. Hmm. Um, so if, you know, and I think broking is a perfect example of that. If you can get people um, doing that, you know, that real uh, heavy lifting part, the, the data entry, the, the getting the facts, the getting the, the and then we can, um, you know, the, the part that's really the 10, 15 years experience is quite quick. Hmm. Um, you can get the rest and again if you can get staff that want to learn and want to get better and want to improve one it keeps the job interesting it's not just repeat 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 um and secondly um it yeah it keeps it i, I guess it, it keeps it interesting for us um and yeah those those little bits up here or that sh that small period of time i've got the time to do that i've got the time i love, to it. I love it and um you know, it's the old 80-20 rule isn't it you're saying 80 percent of the stuff i can train them with and they can be really good and 20% of the stuff, hey, I might need to get involved or I might need to give a little bit more clearer direction um, with, with those parts of it, but I'm, I'm okay with that, right? And, you know, there's a saying when you actually delegate something, you, you know, if you can expect someone to do it 80% as well as you can, then that's enough right that that's enough and you know chances are your client may know may not know the difference right um the other quote i love is um yeah if they can do it 80 percent and they 
can do it completely, it's 100% freaking awesome, right? Because you don't have to do it and it frees you up to do the things you love. And obviously, you know, what you love, Ollie, is sort of being that, you know, um, building that relationship with clients and, um, you know, creating that ripple effect. Have you thought, thought about this? Have you thought about that? Uh, which has obviously, you know, kept you in good stead. So love it. Love it. I'm going to wrap things up there. I ask uh, all the guests on the podcast to give a tip in terms of, so if you're looking, and again, you're only sort of five years into your broking journey whilst you've been in the game for 13 years. So if you're um, to give one piece of advice for a broker that's coming in, that's looking to grow and scale to be a top brokerage like yourself, what would that sort of one piece of uh, advice be? I think, um, yeah, for me and, and for that example, or for any example is, yeah, business development in your busiest time. I think the thing that so many brokers or so many people coming into the to space is obviously that go out and get heaps of, heaps of volume or try and get heaps of deals. I'm really busy, put my head in the sand. Don't, 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 don't contact me. And then, so then of course it's like this. You know, so even on your absolute busiest days or those things where you've got, you know, all these deadlines to meet, you still need to, to focus on your business development. However, that is for me, it's it's talking to people. It's, it's picking up the phone. Um, for other people, it might be a different way of getting it. But I think, yeah, business development day in, day out, um, speaking to, to customers, and no matter how busy you are. Um, and remembering that, yeah, remembering why you, why you did it in the first place. Yeah, love it. And I, I love that final point, remembering why you did it in the first place. Remember why you got in your business. Remember what that bigger purpose is behind, you know, what you're doing. But uh, I love what you're saying around the peaks and the troughs. And I see that so much, right? Brokers get so busy doing the, the deal and they go, oh, crap, where's my next deal going to come from? And then, so it actually creates that and doesn't create that consistency um, in, in their business. So, uh, Ollie, it's been a pleasure. You know, so much gold there in terms of uh, really appreciate you spending the time to uh, give so much advice to uh, the listeners that we've got. Uh, I think there's a lot. I think you know, in terms of you know that small business market, focusing on referrals, focusing on your network, you know, building the team, finding the right people with the with the right attitudes, and um, as you said, then in terms of focused on um, the the dollar productive activities and focusing on the sales, you know, to leave it, there's a um, yeah, there's a reason that sales is at the top of the PLs, isn't it? Right, is because it's the thing that we need to focus on. And uh, you know, we're in business just like uh, Ollie deals with a lot of self-employed clients. We are self-employed ourselves, so uh, yeah, that focus on top line has got to be uh, paramount in every broker's business. So uh, thanks again, Ollie. No worries. Thank you very much for having me. It's been enjoyable. Beautiful. All right, this has been another episode of the Billion Dollar Broker Podcast. Uh, if you'd like to uh, stay in touch and see what we do, there's a Facebook group called Billion Dollar Broker. It's a private group. Reach out and request to join. Uh, obviously, subscribe to the podcast on whichever channel you listen to. And if you'd like to work with us privately, uh, just reach out, send us a message on one of the social platforms and uh, we'll get in touch with you and uh, look forward to helping you. Thanks again and we'll see you next time.